The sermon today from Reverend Jonathan Warren at the First Love Ministries with the First Presbyterian Church of Jacksonville, Illinois is titled Transformative Prayer. Our liturgist today is Hannah Warren. The first scripture reading is found in Corinthians 2, 5, verses 16 through 21. Our second scripture reading comes from Psalms 13. The special music today is a piano solo titled Lamb of God, performed by Stephanie Solterman. Our first hymn is hymn number 442, Just As I Am Without a Plea. Just As I Am without a plea. Our second hymn is number 783, When We Are Tested. And our last hymn is number 834, Precious Lord, Take My Hand. God bless and may you have a peaceful, prosperous, and healthy life this week. Let us prepare our hearts for the scripture by saying the prayer for illumination together. Gracious God, our way in the wilderness, guide us by your word through these 40 days and minister to us with your Holy Spirit so that we may be reformed, restored, and renewed through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. The scripture reading is from 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verses 6 through 16 through 21. Let us listen to the word of God. From now on, therefore, we regard no one from a human point of view. Even though we once knew Christ from a human point of view, we know him no longer in that way. So if anyone is in Christ, there is a new creation. Everything old has passed away. See, everything has become new. All this is from God who reconciled us to, to himself through Christ and has given us the ministry of reconciliation. That is, in Christ God was rec reconciling the world to himself, not counting their trespasses against them and entrusting the message of reconciliation to us. So we are ambassadors for Christ since, in trust, since God is making his appeal through us. We entreat you on behalf of Christ to be reconciled to God. For our sake he made him to be sin who knew no sin, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God.
next scripture comes to us from the book of Psalms, Psalm 13. Trying to look for my bulletin. I, I encourage you all, if you have a chance, to follow along in this psalm. It's on page, it's not listed here. What page is it on? Four, two, nine. Four hundred and twenty-nine. It's not often read, but it's a lovely psalm. Four hundred and twenty-nine in your pew Bibles. Prayer for deliverance from enemies. To the leader, a psalm of David. How long, O Lord, will you forget me forever? How long will you hide your face from me? How long must I bear pain in my soul and have sorrow in my heart all day long? How long shall my enemy be exalted over me? Consider and answer me, O Lord my God. Give light to my eyes or I will sleep the sleep of death. My enemy will say I have prevailed. My foes will rejoice because I am shaken. But I trusted in your steadfast love. My heart shall rejoice in your salvation. I will sing to the Lord because he has dealt bountifully with me. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. So if you've ever wondered how to pray, the Psalms are an excellent guide. If you're anything like me and don't know what words sometimes to say to God, you can simply open the book of Psalms and use these ancient prayers. We often use Psalms to begin corporate worship as we call to worship. Those are words often from Psalms, and also Psalms aren't just prayers, they're also songs. So we use them in our hymns. These are what Jews and Christians have used to speak to God over centuries. There's many different kinds of psalms. There are psalms about rejoicing. There are psalms when you face the shadow of the valley of death. There are psalms for when you are in the mountains and you want to feel close to God. There are psalms of lament when you feel far from God. Psalm 13 is one that speaks about feeling abandoned, like there's no way out. It's filled with desperation, loneliness, and my three-month-old nephew was near death. Psalm 13, I read it, and it expressed exactly the very feelings that I was uh, experiencing. How long, O oh Lord, will you forget me forever? How long must I bear pain in my soul and have sorrow in my heart all day long? It's one of those psalms we can read when we don't think God is listening. It's a psalm we pray when we feel far from God or when we're really angry with God about something. To me, it's comforting to know that not the only one who's ever had these feelings. It's comforting to know that thousands of years ago, someone who had a direct line to God also cried out to God in pain. 
King David, the author of this psalm, who at times spoke directly to God, also felt like I sometimes do. That God doesn't always hear my prayers, that God seems far away, that God has abandoned me. Whenever I'm hurt, lonely, or struggling, I often turn to this psalm. And since there's 150 psalms, I want to share a clever way to remember it. Most folks think of 13 as an unlucky number, right? So, when things aren't going well, when things are hard, when things are unlucky, turn to the unlucky number 13 psalm. And you can cry out to God just like King David did long ago. In fact, David models how to speak to God in times of panic and desolation. If you're anything like me, you might need a model of how to pray, especially when you don't necessarily feel like praying to God, especially if you feel like God has abandoned you. And not only is it a good model for prayer, but it also depicts the Lenten journey, a journey to the cross and then to the uplifting power of the resurrection. There's transformation in this psalm that will help us as we pray. The text is divided into four parts. The first part is found in verses 1 through 2, which is the address to God and the complaint. How long, O Lord? Now, if you're wondering if it's okay to be angry with God, if it's okay to complain to God, you can. God's big. God can take it. And God has heard it all. And if you want to be angry, it's okay to share it. It's okay to cry it. It's okay to be frustrated what you've been given. Complain away. That's what this first part of the psalm says. But just remember, it's just the beginning of the prayer. Now, the second part of the prayer is found in verses 3 through 4. Petitions for God's attention and the demise of the enemy. David says, consider and answer me, O Lord my God. Give light to my eyes or I will sleep the sleep of death. These words tell it like it is. When you desperately ask God to listen to your prayers, it's, if something's been taken from you, you want justice. You desperately want God to answer your petitions. But if we stop there in our prayer, if we complain and then ask God to grant us our prayers, our prayer isn't complete. Just like the journey to the cross in Lent, while it's a long, arduous journey, 40 days, this Lenten journey isn't complete without the resurrection. And the third part of this prayer is found in the first part of verse 5, an expression of trust and joyful confidence. If you're in deep despair, this might be the hardest part of the prayer, yet it's necessary. Yes, complain. Yes, petition. God for justice when you suffer. The, first, the verse begins with the hardest transition. But, but I trust in your steadfast love. Even if we feel like we've been abandoned, even if we've had the weight of the world on our shoulders, we still must trust in God's steadfast love and rejoice in God's salvation. 
It's almost like singing the song, It is well with my soul after losing everything. We know that the Lenten journey is filled with God's steadfastness. Jesus, even on his way to the cross, knew that God was always with him. Even when everyone else abandoned Jesus, God never does. Just like Job, even if we are in deep grief, we must remember that God is always with us. So we say, but I trust And just as the Lenten journey ends with an everlasting hope after being crucified, Jesus is raised from the dead three days later. And the final part of this psalm makes this prayer complete. In the last verse, we share everlasting hope, vowing to praise our Lord. It says this, My heart shall rejoice in your salvation. I will sing to the Lord because he has dealt bountifully with me. No matter what happens, David recognizes that God is in control. And that is a great thing. How many times have you made it through life and later recognized that God was with you the whole time, especially during those difficult times, especially when you feel alone? Now, I don't believe that God wants us to experience tragedy or heartache. I don't believe that God desires us to suffer or struggle. Yet God is always there through it all. We are infinite. We are finite. Our bodies fail. We're stubborn. Power, greed, lust, anger, evil can creep into our world and even in us. However, it's through the resurrection of Jesus Christ that God provides life and light to prevail over death and darkness. So even in the midst of our agony, we learn through this psalm that prayer isn't complete without praise to God. One scholar shares that the movement from beginning to the end in this psalm shows us that prayer transforms sorrow in our hearts in such a way that our heart rejoices in God's salvation. This is how we should pray in times of despair and uncertainty. It doesn't mean that it's easy to pray like this. Psalm 13 serves as an important model because it makes this shift from desolation, from hopelessness, to trust, to hope, to God our Creator. A while ago, I read an article about Harold Black. He was the first black freshman to enroll at the University of Georgia in 1962. When his mother found out he was the only black male in the dorm, she encouraged him not to go to school. It was that night that he experienced what he calls a God moment. He went to the beginning of the year meeting in a nearby auditorium and sat down near the front. Numerous other students around him immediately rose and sat elsewhere. But five male white students in front of him remained. One turned around and began conversing with Harold, soon learning they were all slightly scared freshmen from the Atlanta area. And suddenly the similarity in experiences became more important than the difference in race. These five men got up, 
and all sat, na sat next to Harold. He remembers that moment with tears in his eyes 50 years later, and he says, it was like I was instructed to go and sit there. From that first day, I had friends at the University of Georgia, and they remained close friends. The students were Presbyterian, and they invited him to come to the campus Westminster Center. This young man's parents were anxious about him being there all alone. It's not surprising. Yet even though he was feeling overwhelmed and scared, he desperately needed confidence that things would be okay. And right when he feels the most alone, right when Harold feels overwhelmed in that auditorium, his attitude changes because God steps in at just the right time. The other five students who sat right next to Harold were also overwhelmed. And that's when he experienced, as he says, a God moment. It changes his entire college experience. Just like Herod's, Harold's attitude shifts, so does this prayer from Psalm 13. It transforms from sorrow and feelings of being overwhelmed into trust and rejoicing. The story of Harold Black shows exactly how transformative prayer can be. Sometimes it's hard to know what to do what to say, especially when our hearts ache. I encourage you to turn to the unlucky psalm in those times. Psalm 13, when you don't know what to say to God, when your heart aches. Allow this ancient prayer to be your prayer. It's the very prayer we can say in times of trouble. God offers us a model for prayer, one that is transformative, that turns sorrow for a heart that aches into one who praises God for the salvation that he provides. We can be transformed. We can ache in our souls and know that God is with us, in us and through us, even when it's hard for us to pray, knowing that hope will find a way, that Christ always finds a way in us and through us. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Let us affirm our faith by standing and saying a creed from Westminster, saying together, Christ Jesus, though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but emptied himself, taking the form of a servant, being born in human likeness, and being found in human form, he humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even death on a cross. Therefore God has highly exalted him and bestowed on him the name which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee shall bow, 
in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue confess to the glory of God, Jesus Christ is Lord. Amen. If you found this podcast inspirational and would like to support the First Love Ministry programs at First Presbyterian Church, please send any contributions to First Presbyterian Church at 870 West College, Jacksonville, Illinois. Our zip code is 62650. Our phone is 217-245-4189. You can contact our secretary there between the hours of 9 a.m. and 4 p.m. Monday through Friday. Our email is office at firstpresjacks.org. That's office at F-I-R-S-T-P-R-E-S-J-A-X dot O-R-G. Masks are now optional anywhere in the church. Our in-person church services start at 10 a.m. on Sunday. Access to our online church service starts at 9.55 a.m. You can listen to these live services on our Facebook page, which is www.facebook.com slash first, F-I-R-S-T, P-R-E-S, Jacks. You can join our Facebook group called First Presbyterians with a Purpose. We have a choir that meets from 7 to 8 p.m. every Thursday night, and we welcome all who are willing to sing. We look forward to hearing from you, either by email, mail, or phone. God bless, and may you have a peaceful and safe year.